welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Two different places this morning. We're going to be turning our Bibles here to Luke chapter 17, and then we're going to see what Jesus has to say about Lot's wife. Then we're also going to flip over our Bibles to the Old Testament book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 19, verse 15. So you're in Luke 17, verse 28, and then you're going to turn to Genesis chapter 19, verse 15. This is the third part of a three-week sermon series on the city of Sodom. That's what we have been looking at the past three weeks. To give you background information, in case this is your first week there, Sodom was a city located about where the Dead Sea, possibly in the Dead Sea, where the Dead Sea is located right now. And it is no longer there. There's two, the, city, the cities on a plain, which includes Sodom and Gomorrah, they were destroyed by the Lord. And we're actually going to see that this morning, how they were destroyed. But what happened, there was a man named Abraham, and God called him to the promised land. And he had a nephew named Lot, and God was blessing both of them, nephew and Lot. And they were in the promised land, but because the Lord was blessing them, they had very large flocks, and they needed more uh, grass for their uh, animals to eat. So Abraham looks at his nephew Lot and says, Lot, you go pick one place, you go that way, and I'll go the other way, that way uh, there won't have any commotion here among our herdsmen of fighting for food. There's plenty of food, there's plenty of large promised land, so you just go to a different area. But Lot looks out on the plain, and he looks out in an area outside the promised land, near the Dead Sea, and that's where the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were located. And he looks out there, back then it was a nice area, and he said, I'm going to go over there towards Sodom. Bible says he pitched his tent near Sodom. Then the next chapter, chapter 14, he moves into Sodom. By chapter 19, he was the gatekeeper, and he was a judge, is welcoming people to greet her for Sodom. And you see how literally inch by inch, Lot is moving closer and closer to Sodom, and then eventually Sodom moves into Lot, and he moves into his family. And that's what we're going to see right here today. So... That was our very first week. Last week we saw, we still did not know, Sodom is described in the Bible as a very evil city, but the Bible does not tell us what that sin was. We didn't know until last week, until finally what happened, two angels came to Sodom and knocked, knocked on, came to see how the city was going, because there was this cry that was coming out to God, and Lot says, you can't stay in the public square, you're going to have to stay in my house. So in the middle of the night, the men of the city came and surrounded Lot's home and saying, we want those angels to come out, or those two men. And then what did they want to do them? They wanted to have sexual relations, homosexuality, with the angels. And at that point, they're realizing this is an immoral city. It's true, what we're hearing, the cry that's reaching the Lord. So they struck all the men with blindness, and they told, the, told Lot's family, says, we need to get out of this city because the Lord is going to destroy the city of Sodom. And Sod, Lot had these two sons, he had two daughters, and they were engaged to get married. And they go, Lot goes to his future sons-in-laws and says, boys, we need to get out of the city because the Lord's going to destroy the city. And the sons-in-law thought this is a joke. They literally just laughed at their future son-in-law, says, future dad, you know, no, come on, calm down, just we're not going to do that, and just blew them off. 
So that's where we're going to pick up. But before we pick up that story, Jesus spoke about this story. He spoke about this story in Luke chapter 17. Now, in our Bibles, there are 170 women mentioned. 170 ladies are mentioned by name in the Bible. Well, some of them didn't have a name because Lot's wife didn't have a name. But of all 170 ladies, Jesus actually tells us that there's only one that you need to remember. Now, you would think, okay, of all the women in the Bible, wouldn't like Mary, his mother, be important? He didn't say remember Mary. I mean, next Sunday's mama, or Mother's Day for, uh, for Mama. You always want to honor your mama, but Jesus didn't say remember Mama. Now, think about Eve. She was the mother of all the living. You know, Adam and Eve at the very beginning, wouldn't she be worth remembering? Nope, Jesus did not tell us to remember Eve. Who are we told to remember about Jesus? We are told, of all the women, to remember an unnamed woman named Lot's wife. And we're going to see here what we call the second shortest Bible verse. The first shortest Bible verse, if you're ever, like in a, you're ever quizzed and you need a quick Bible verse, you've always got Jesus wept. I mean, just, that's your go-to verse. But a lot of times somebody else might steal that verse before you get to it. Then you get to the second shortest, which is remember Lot's wife from Jesus. So there it is. So we're going to see what Jesus has to say about this story here before we actually turn to it. Luke chapter 17, verse 28. This is Jesus speaking. It will be the same as it was in the days of Lot. People went on eating and drinking, buying, selling, planting, and building. So basically that's just business as usual. That's how things were going in Sodom. Nobody thought about anything else. It's just another day on the calendar. But on the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be like that on the day the Son of Man is revealed. So Jesus is giving us a warning here. He's saying you need to be ready because the people at Sodom, Lot walked out of that city and they didn't realize what was coming. Even though the angels were warning them, even though they had Lot who was there could have warned them, it, it says it will be like that on the day the Son of Man is revealed. This is what will happen during the second coming. This is what will happen when the rapture occurs. Many people will not be ready. They'll just be going about same old day. On that day, a man will be on his housetop whose belongings are in the house, must not come down to get them. So if you are on your roof, and Jesus comes back. I don't really go. I've never been on my roof. But if you happen to be on your roof, do not go down from your roof and go into your house and get your stuff, he's saying. Don't worry about things on this earth. No need to come off the roof. You just stay there on the roof and wait for Jesus because you're ready on the roof. If you're on the roof, you're in a great position. He's saying it's not worth it to go back into your home. And it's not worth it for Lot's wife to turn around and look back at her old life. You don't go back into the house. So let's keep, keep going here. Likewise, the man who is in the field must not turn back. If you're ever out plowing in the field and Jesus comes back, don't think, I need to run back to the barn and get my tractor. I need to go get some, save the animals. I got to get Sherry's new kitten. There's no reason for all of that. Because you just are in the field, you're in a great position where you're on the roof or you're in the field, it's going to happen. There's no point in going back. It's over, he's saying. You don't look back to your old life, Jesus is saying here. 
So now we're going to come to the key Bible verse that Jesus has told all the women on earth that's ever been in the Bible. Here's the one Jesus tells us to remember. Verse 32, remember Lot's wife. And Jesus is saying this in the context because he's saying the man on the house who wants to go back in his home and get his stuff, the man plowing the field, he wants to run back to the barn in his home to get his stuff, don't need to go back. Lot's wife, she, we're going to see what happens. She leaves Sodom, but then she's looking back, thinking, what am I missing? Who am I missing? There's something I left behind. And on the day of judgment, there's no second chance. It's over. This is why we always need to be ready to go to heaven, when G, uh, to make sure we're going to heaven, to pass away. You want to make sure you're saved so you can go to heaven. Or one day, Jesus is going to return. And you need to be ready. There's an urgency and an immediacy of judgment. And we're going to see that here with Sodom. All right, so now, flip over your Bible. Now we come to our main story, because we've been told by Jesus to remember Lot's wife. So now we have to see the story of what happened here. So we're in Genesis chapter 19. You're in verse 15. This past week, uh, Benjamin and Esther were in, or Esther was in this Lion King play at our local school, and we um, went to an ice cream shop. I have a picture here of an ice cream shop, of the item there at the ice cream shop. I'm going to tell you about this item. So we go to the ice cream shop, and like there was a lot of people from the school there, and we're standing in line getting ice cream, and we're looking around, and there's they're selling T-shirts. Well. I was looking at t-shirts, and I like to have sermon uh, illustrations and items to hold up, but I'm not buying a pride t-shirt. There's something, I draw the line somewhere. I don't buy pride clothes. So I took a picture of this shirt. I'm in line at the ice cream shop. And folks, next month is June, and you will see these type of items all over the place, in our city and all over America. And this shirt here says, because I think this illustrates what we're about to read about, it says, this is a shirt at a local ice cream shop. It says, life is sweeter with all flavors of love. And you know, when you read something like that, and it's cute, it's somewhat funny, and for us as Bible-believing Christians, you know, of course we want to love one another, but what does this shirt really mean? This shirt is actually advocating for the sin that actually led to the destruction of Sodom. So when you see clothing items like this, the pride collection, these are items you would not want to purchase. And you have to teach your children and your grandchildren because it's, it can be very confusing, these type of clothing. A child will look at something like that and might not know. So, but what we're about to see in our Bible is a reality about something. That's implying of the LGBTQ plus agenda saying, hey, love is love, just do whatever you want. Love whoever you want. Who's to tell you not to express your love this way? Well, that's what happened here with Sodom. The sin of Sodom was the sin of homosexuality. The men of the city surrounded these two angels and were there to break the door down and have sexual relations with these two men, male angels, who had entered Lot's house. So that's where we pick up. And God is saying at judgment at this point, is He's saying that this is enough. He's saying it's true. The cry that has reached me is actually accurate. That's why he sent his angels there. So at daybreak, there's a problem with that first phrase. At daybreak, the angels urged 
Lot, get up. Now, you say, what had happened before daybreak? Well, in the middle of the night, these men of the city came to knock the, knock the door down. Now, think about it. Lot and his family lived at this home. If you or I were at a house, and the whole town is surrounding, trying to break the house down, and wants to commit sexual immorality, would you stay in your house? And not only that, would you go to bed? Say, well, the angels did blind them. Lot felt comfortable enough. You know what? I guess the men have been blinded. I guess it's now just time to doze off. Folks, this man went back to bed. He's asleep. His whole family's asleep. And like they don't see the urgency of God is here to destroy this city, and he's gone off to sleep. And the angels are urging him and says, Lot, come on, buddy. It's now daylight. It's time to get up. This is not a time to be sleeping. We didn't come here to doze off. Like we're try- we're here to get out of this town. It's time to move on. So he says, Get up, Lot, come on. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here. So apparently they're just asleep too in the house. No big deal. This is what sin does. There's a casualness to it. What happens? What sin does to us when you live in Sodom, when you it's not and it's not just Lexington that's Sodom. It's our state, it's our whole nation, it's where I'm from in Alabama, we're moved from here in Georgia, it's all around us. Stuff that you used to find repulsive and immoral. You go to the ice cream shop, it's everywhere. And you just think, well, you know, it must be Pride Month coming up. That's how things are. You're going to make some sales. And you don't even think twice. You don't, a lot of times you don't even realize it. Because it's everywhere. You just doze off and not realize the urgency. And that's what's happened here to Lot. He, he is being told, get your, get your family and your children. You're going to get out of here because you're going to be swept away in this punishment of the city. The, there's a punishment for their immorality. Now look at verse 16. Look what Lot does. It says, but he hesitated. He couldn't leave the city. He was stuck. He, that was his home. Those were his friends. He had become used to the sin of sexual immorality and homosexuality. There was just nothing, big, no big deal anymore. This is what sin does to you. When you find yourself, say for example, homosexuality, if you become gay, there is a gay community that will embrace you, that will affirm you, that will tell you you're great, that will support you. And you have to realize one of the ways that folks are spiritually blinded is the devil uses other people to say, hey, you're not doing anything wrong. It's okay. That preacher's wrong. Your mama's wrong. What you were taught in VBS was wrong. What you learned in Sunday school was wrong. And folks, this is why it's so important to have your children and your grandchildren at this church every single time the doors are open. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Why? Because they have to learn this. Because I trust you, they are not going to learn. They're not going to learn this from anywhere else. What I'm teaching you, nowhere else, unless you're teaching it at home. Certainly not on the internet, and anywhere in our culture is going to teach biblical truth. And the Bible's telling us that Lot was so ingrained in Sodom that he didn't even want to leave. He hesitated, 
And that is what sin does. And let's just not, let's say it's not, say you're in an immoral, adulterous relationship. You are every, probably every one you're hearing is telling you it's okay. It's what people do. When you are ingrained in any type of sin, the devil blinds you, blinds us, blinds me to the truth, and it's a hesitancy to leave. So that's why he can't leave. So what Has says here, it says, but he hesitated. He can't leave the city. Lot didn't believe the angels. And it says here, this is the only reason Lot got out. Because of the Lord's compassion on him. It wasn't because Lot was a righteous man, because Lot was not a righteous man at all. The Lord had compassion on Lot because of who? Because of his uncle Abraham. This man was related to Abraham, who God had chosen. And the Lord looked at this foolish man Lot and says, my goodness, we have to have compassion on this guy. I'm trying to destroy the city, but I can't. I can't destroy the city because you're still here, Lot, and your family. Because of the Lord's compassion on him, the men grabbed his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters. Those are the only four people who got out of Sodom. And they didn't even leave. They had to be taken out of there. Folks, that's a picture of salvation. That's what Jesus Christ does to us. You're trapped in homosexuality, sexual sin. Jesus Christ redeems you by taking your hand and saying, it's time to get out of this. This is not for you. This, you have to be delivered from this. The power of Jesus, the power of the gospel, he delivers us from any type of addiction, any type of sin, any type of demonic bondage you find yourself in. And it's not because of your righteousness. It's not because of your wisdom or your skill. It's the Lord's compassion. The cross of Jesus did this in our life. We are delivered. God takes our hand and delivers us from Sodom. And that's what's occurring right here. He can't do it himself. We can't save ourselves. Lot just could not leave the city. If you know a gay person, you should be praying for them to get saved. Because it's the power of the gospel that will set them free. The Lord will take their hand and deliver them from that. They can't do it themselves. They're totally blinded and they're trapped in that community. They've been, they're being told lies. If you know of a man committing adultery, you want to be praying that the Lord opens up his eyes and the Lord takes his hands away from that and puts them back to his wife. That's the power of the gospel right here. It says here, it goes on. They brought him out and left him outside the city. So they finally left the city. They didn't leave. They were drug out of the city. As soon as the angels got outside, now they're finally outside of Sodom. One of them said, run for your lives. The angel's telling Lot, run for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere on the plain. Run to the mountain or you will be swept away. So God is telling Lot and his family, just go. Just get away from this town as soon as possible. Just run to them. They're way, way over yonder were some mountains. And God is telling them, you need to get over there as soon as possible. And by the way, don't look back. Because I want to tell you, here's why we don't look back. This judgment was not a spectacle for the sea. Judgment is serious. 
This was a judgment from the Lord on this city. It wasn't a, 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 a show for Lot's family. This was shameful what God was going to have to do because of their immorality. They, it was their judgment for their sin. But this is what's amazing about Lot. The Lot, Lot, even though he's being told, you're about to die, run away. He had to know these angels were real angels because they blinded all the men. They just saved you the night before because these men were about to rape you and yet you are, they're blinded now and I saved you in your own home. But Lot says, this is really odd. You would think this, this guy just didn't get it. Lot says to them, no, my lords, please, your servant has indeed found favor with you and has shown me great kindness by saving my life. But I can't run to the mountains. The disaster will overtake me and I will die. Here's what I really believe. Lot didn't believe Sodom was going to be destroyed. He thought, you know, I don't want to run that far because if I run that far, like 20 miles, I'm going to have to come back. And I don't want to go that far. Why don't we just go to a nearby place because I can go back to Sodom. I don't think Lot even believed this. Lot, for whatever reason, claims he can't go to the mountains. So what does he want to do? It says here, look, verse 20, this town is close enough for me to flee to. It's a small place. Please let me run to it. It's only a small place, isn't it? So that I can survive. There is a little dinky town next to Sodom called Zoar. And Lot looks in and says, Look, why run all the way to the mountains? We could just run to Zoar because I think I'm going to be at Zoar and maybe this afternoon I'll be walking back. I don't think Lot believed him. Lot, he's hesitant to leave. If he actually believed him, he would have left, but he didn't want to leave. And then when it's time to leave, he doesn't want to leave very far. He's like, I'm just going to stay nearby. That was how ingrained Sodom had become part of who Lot was. This is what sin does to us. So, it says here, these angels are the most compassionate angels because of, the, because of the Lord. And he said to them, the angels, all right, I'll grant you your request about this matter too. You notice about this matter too. Because all Lot has done is just negotiated. He wanted to spend the night. He wanted to uh, keep staying there. He, he kept asking more and more from the Lord. And I will not demolish the town you mentioned. Hurry up, run to it. For I cannot do anything until you get there. Therefore, the name of the city is Zoar. And if you look on a map, if you look in the back of your Bible, and you look at a Bible map of the Dead Sea, you will see a little town called Zoar. So apparently, it's right next to the Dead Sea. Apparently, that's where Sodom and Gomorrah were right next to, because it was, and you, archaeological evidence shows to a little town called Zoar. So we know there's the little town. We know Sodom had to be right there next to it. It's right along the shore of the Dead Sea. So very likely, Sodom and Gomorrah are in the Dead Sea. In fact, if you were to go to the Dead Sea, you would see this picture right here. Now, we don't really know if this is Lot's wife, but this is what the Dead Sea looks like. When the picture comes up, that there on the right, that, some people say, looks like Lot's wife. That is the Dead Sea. Do you know the Dead Sea is filled with salt and sulfur? You would say, where does this sulfur come from? We're about to see. There's a high concentration of sulfur in this body of water. This is the lowest place on earth. Folks, Sodom and Gomorrah were in that sea right there. That's where it's at. Zoar is right there on the shore of that sea. This was destroyed by the Lord. You say, 
How is that possible? God destroys it so deep. It's like a crater he made down in the earth that eventually filled up with salt water. It's just a place of deadness. That's the example he's making for us of this wickedness. So that's where we're at right here. Verse 23. So here's, what, here's God's judgment. God has still not cast his judgment at this point. The sun had risen over the land when, Sot, when Lot reached Zoar. Then out of the sky, the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah, burning sulfur from the Lord. Do you know in the book of Revelation, we will see sulfur again in hell. That is what the lake of fire is actually burning sulfur, the Bible describes. Literally what God is doing, he's taking what, was, what is in hell right now and he is destroying these cities with it. Say, why is God not using a flood? Because in Genesis chapter 9, when Noah came off the ark, God made a rainbow and made a covenant promise. That's what the rainbow actually represents, is God promised that he will never again destroy the earth with a flood. Now, these two cities, he couldn't use flood, so what does he use? He uses burning sulfur to destroy these two towns of Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what, what he chose to do this. He demolished these cities, the entire plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and whatever grew on the ground. So even Lot's uh, animals, they all died. Everything died. The animals died. The vegetation died. The people died. There's nothing left. The only people who made it out were the two angels and the four people who they had to take their hand and drag out of the city. That's how much they loved Sodom. There is such a desire for worldliness. There's a desire today to be accepted, to fit in, to just live life and love and do whatever you want. And the Lord is here saying, Lot, you have to get out of this. It's immoral. It's leading people away from God. And now here's our one person, whom the one lady in the Bible, whom Jesus wants us to remember. She's right here in verse 26. We don't even know her name. Verse 26 says, But Lot's wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. So she's being led out. They reach the little town of Zoar, and she's probably hearing what's going on. She knows. She feels the heat. But then she looks back, and she's... That's it. Her life ends. She immediately becomes a pillar of salt. Why did she become a pillar of salt and she didn't just die and drop dead? I believe because the Lord wants us to remember Lot's wife for several purposes. What is Jesus saying about Sodom being gone? He's saying, there's nothing left for you in Sodom. You've been saved from Sodom. Why would you look back? That's no longer your life anymore. You've been delivered from that sin. That's not your identity. You are now a child of God. And not only that, we're not to look back because Sodom isn't coming back. Sodom is gone. There's no life. There's no hope. There's no future in Sodom. Sodom is at the bottom of that Dead Sea. There's no life in it. Nothing's coming back. And not only that, 
You can't move forward with the Lord when you're looking back. How can you grow spiritually and grow closer to Jesus if you're looking back on your prior life? Christ has forgiven of you of your sins. You are no longer to be dwelling on previous sins of yesteryear. You've been set free. This is why when you have family members, you have friends that you have forgiven them, you're not to bring back up their prior sins. You've forgiven them. You've moved on. Jesus Christ has forgave you. No matter what that sin is, Sodom is a place of the past. It's been demolished by burning sulfur. We don't keep, we don't, we as Christians do not live in the past. The past is never coming back. Jesus has redeemed us of that lifestyle. We don't hold that up against other people. We have forgiven them and you moved on. We are looking forward. Jesus tells us the man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is unfit for the service of the kingdom of God. Because how can you be moving forward if you're looking backwards at your old life? Jesus Christ has saved and redeemed you of that lifestyle. Sodom is gone. There's no more, nothing left. This, this lady here, this unnamed wife, she had a misplaced longing, which led to her lingering. And she looked back. You know, Lot's wife probably had some family, she had some friends. She had some things in Sodom that she missed. And she wanted those things. And she looked back. And she's gone. She's now an example for us. And I think Jesus is telling us this. Is it a meaning for her heart? How this applies in our life? We think about Lot's wife's heart. It was in Sodom. She, even though she had reached Zoar, even though she had to be drugged out of the city, her heart was still in Sodom. And part about being saved, when Jesus Christ redeems you, the Bible actually says He gives us a new heart. He takes your heart of stone and makes you a heart of clay. Heart of clay is sensitive to the leadership of God. You are formed and led by the Lord. That's what it means to have a heart of clay. God leads our heart. A heart of stone is set in Sodom. It's a, it's a heart set in our sin. And what happened, even though she had left, she longed to return. We as Christians, when you've been saved, we do not look back and think about and dwell on the past. We don't. That is no longer who we are. It doesn't do any good. The past is never going to make a comeback. It's never, never returning. Nobody from Sodom is back. So what else? How else does this apply? So her heart there, Lot's wife, her heart was in Sodom. Jesus wants us to remember this because she did not heed the warnings. There were warnings. The angels came to say, Lot, it's time to leave. But he could not leave. His sons-in-law thought he was joking. He even hesitated. He went to bed that night after he was about to have homosexual sex. He goes to bed. And the men are sort of walking around blind. He just doesn't get it. And he's still in the morning. We said God's about to destroy this place. He's still hesitating. They had to take the man's hand and drag him out of the city. And I want to say sometimes you have children, you have grandchildren, and they are just so engrossed in sin or bad relationships or addictions. Sometimes dads, moms, Grandparents, you have to physically take your family and remove them from a situation. 
the best example of this, I believe, is actually also found in the book of Genesis with Joseph. Remember Joseph. The Bible actually said Joseph was a young man who was good-looking. He was handsome. He was well-built. I mean, this man would have been a model. He was a good-looking guy. And he was smart. He had all the skills. And he was a slave in Potiphar's house. Potiphar was so impressed with Joseph, said, Joseph, you are such a superstar. You're in charge of everything. I'm just going to go out and party and waste my life away, and you do whatever. You manage it all. Well, Potiphar had a wife who didn't have a lot of character, and she would long and look at Joseph all the time and make sexual advances to him. But he was such a righteous man, he'd run away. Well, one day she was getting frustrated. It's like, gosh, I can't win this man over. So one day when they were alone, she went and just grabbed the guy and says, come on, let's go have sex. He runs away, and this is what you have to do. Sometimes there was a time for Lot to run. When Lot left Sodom, the Bible says, Lot, the angel says, Lot, you need to run as fast as you can to those mountains. Just get out of here. When Joseph was grabbed by Potiphar's life, the Bible says he ran away, he left his cloak, he left his clothes, he just ran away with no clothes on. He was determined, his his integrity, his commitment to the Lord was so much, he didn't want to sit there and negotiate or talk. He just left. What Joseph did is what Lot should have done. Lot couldn't leave. He had to be drug out of the city. Joseph's just running away, leaving his clothes with her. And there's many times in our life where we have to run. And if people aren't running, you have to grab them and say, I'm going to help you run, get out of here. And Lot needed that. Maybe you need some people, you know some people who are just trapped. If you know somebody trapped in the LGBTQ plus community, I want to tell you, because a lot of times they might not run, you have to pray them out of that. And just pray that God will take their hand and deliver them from that lifestyle and the sin they're in. So this is what's happening here. They're being drugged out of the city. Lot's wife looks back, and Jesus tells us to remember her. Because why? Her heart was still in Sodom. She failed to heed the warnings. And why else do we need to remember Lot's wife? Because she, listen to this, and this applies to us. This is on the screen. She was unaware how immoral Sodom had become. Put that, put that up on the screen. She was unaware how immoral Sodom had become. When I went to the local ice cream shop and you see this stuff, rainbow flags, pride collection, folks, we now think it's normal. It is normal. It's everywhere. And you go to work and you hear about it. You hear anything from the government and you hear about it. You hear stuff from the state about it. And folks, it just becomes normal. You go downtown, and there's, a side, there's sidewalks all through our city. This is what we just become unaware. It's just, well, that's just how things are. That is how Sodom becomes part of you. You don't even realize what has occurred. You're just unaware. You're totally unaware. You might notice it, but you don't realize, has this made an impact unconsciously on me? And if we're not careful, it likely has. This is why Jesus told us, remember Lot's wife. She just had forgotten. It was just no big deal. And it just went right by. 
So we look here at the last few verses. So now we're back to Abraham. We're going to wrap this up here with Abraham. Abraham lived in the promised land, which overlooked Sodom and Gomorrah and the Dead Sea. Early in the morning, so it has now been destroyed, Abraham went to the place, verse 27, where he had stood before the Lord. So he had stood over there, this area, before the Lord with those two angels as well as the Lord. The Bible says there were three visitors. One was the Lord, two were angels, male angels. And two angels went down to Sodom. And remember, this is where Abraham negotiated because he heard the Lord was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and he thought, surely there's going to be at least 50 righteous people. He negotiated God down to 10, and they only could get four out of the city. And what happened there was Abraham overlooks the city, and he finds out that the Lord is true. He knew that there wasn't, God knew there wasn't ten righteous people in Sodom. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and all the land of the plain, and he saw that the smoke was going up from the land like the smoke of a furnace. So it was when God destroyed the cities of the plain. He remembered Abraham and brought Lot out of the middle of the upheaval, and that's truly what it was. It was upheaval in that city. Place of immorality is just upheaval. It means rebellion, it means chaos. It's just not a place for godly people. God calls us out of upheaval. When he demolished the cities where Lot had lived, Lot's wife, in many ways, did part of what God said. She left the city. She was drugged out of the city, along with Lot and her two children, her two girls. But she wasn't quite saved because she looked back. And Christ is speaking to you this morning. And I think our message with this, why Jesus tells us to, remembers Lot, to remember Lot's wife is that we do not find our life looking back into maybe previous or old sins. We don't need to be talking to old boyfriends, old girlfriends, former relationships. That's one of the dangers of social media because things from the past come back to life. They'll make sure it comes back up to you. None of that is what the Lord wants us. God wants us to be pulled out of Sodom, the life of sin and rebellion against the Lord, and He wants us focusing on Him. You cannot do that if you're looking back. And when you've been delivered from any type of addiction or any type of sexual sin, we remember it was because of the Lord's compassion that He took our hand and saved us from that. And we aren't to linger and long for what it, was, what it used to be like. This is also reminding us about heaven. Do you know when we're in heaven, those of us that maybe we have people in our lives who were not saved, we're not going to have memories of them. We aren't going to be looking back on immorality. Christ wants our focus now and in heaven on Him. We live for the Lord. Abraham is in the promised land in total obedience to God, and Lot is down here in Sodom who's going to be delivered from this immorality. Sodom is for us to remember that God is quickly coming. He's going to judge unrighteousness. And we have to make sure that we haven't all of a sudden allowed this all types of sins of this world in our culture, in our city, in our state, in our nation to cause us to be unaware of how immoral our world is. We have been called out of this. And for some of you spiritually, maybe if you are looking back, you've turned into a pillar of salt. 
Maybe not physically a pillar of salt. You're a pillar of salt in the sense that you are all of a sudden, you aren't close to the Lord. You're not seeing uh, God do anything in your life. You've gone back to your previous sin, old way of life. There's many Christians. They've been decommissioned by the Lord today because they're pillars of salt. And you can say, well, they might not even be saved. Well, that's between them and the Lord if they're saved. But Christ wants us to be completely focused on Him, not thinking about what it used to be like in our old way of life. And let me tell you something. It's wrong for you and I to bring up previous sins and do things that maybe you have a spouse and she did or he did something wrong five years ago. You don't need to keep rehashing that. You have forgiven them. The Lord's forgiven them. and You move on. You can't live in the past. We remember Lot's wife. She turned around. Jesus Christ wants our focus completely on Him. Christ has redeemed us from the city of Sodom, and He wants us to make sure that we, our heart, it's not on Sodom, it's for the Lord, that we are heeding the Lord's warnings at any moment Jesus Christ could come back or we could pass away, and not only that, we need to be fully aware of the immorality. Because if we're unaware, we will get engrossed in it. We start thinking like our culture. And we're constantly have to be aware well that's not what the bible says that's not what the lord wants me to do that's a sin part of being a christian is knowing what is right and what is wrong lot apparently didn't know abraham knew he stayed in the promised land lot left the promised land lot had to be drugged back to the promised land and christ is speaking to you this morning if you have looked back spiritually jesus wants to bring you back to the promised land spiritually. Christ can save any person of their sin, including the sin of homosexuality, including anyone, redeem anyone from the LGBTQ plus agenda. Whatever your beliefs are, Jesus Christ can redeem you from that. And we have the power of the gospel because of the Lord's compassion who takes our hands, even when they're hesitant, and can pull us to the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for these words. Lord, I pray these words today will be sealed in our hearts, teaching us, that we are not to look back. We are to remember Lot's wife for the very purpose that you have redeemed us from that lifestyle. Lord, I'm sure there's many people here that are struggling with different types of sin. Uh, sexual sin, immorality, Lord, addiction. Lord, we cry and call out to you to redeem and to save us from that. Lord, we remember Lot's wife because she did not have her heart set on you. It was still there in Sodom. And Lord, I pray if our heart is in Sodom, if it's in our city, if it's in anything else other than you, Lord, remove it from that. Make us from a heart of stone to a heart of clay so we can be redeemed for the gospel for you, Lord. Jesus, I pray these words and this entire message on the city of Sodom will be sealed in our hearts so we can live faithfully to you. Lord, this invitation is our time we boldly respond to you you place something in our heart, we step out of the aisle and say, I'm making it public. Lord, we don't want to hesitate like Lot did. Lord, we want to boldly run down the aisle and run to you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. We're going to close this service as we do every single one with an invitation. We respond to God. You want to join our church? You want to get saved? We're going to have baptism soon. This is your time. Come take my hand. Come talk to Zach Bauer. He'll be down here with me. And we respond to Jesus. Let's stand together. I'll be standing out front. You come respond to the gospel.